Welcome to those of you watching online, to those of you here, if you are for the first time, welcome. My name is Valdir Da Silva, pastor at Awaken Life Church, and it's great to have you and you with us here. If you're visiting here, please fill in our communication card. We'd like to stay in touch with you. If you're watching or listening, send us a little message, okay? We'd like to get in touch with you as well. Watching online, get your bread and your juice ready. Just now, we're going to be having communion, and you can join us in communion. Amen. And during communion, we're going to take some time to pray including for the uh, innocent victims of the war in Israel. You guys heard about it yesterday. Crazy war broke out. Nothing new really, but we are indeed living in a world in crisis. And therefore, this message that we've been talking about over the last six weeks, the whole question of resilience, being resilient, it's, it's more important than ever before. We need this message like never before. And today is the end of our resilience series. And everybody said, oh. <laughs> All right. It is today, it is part six. Are you ready? Ready for what? And uh, we'll, you'll find out just now. But thank you to those who have given us uh, feedback on these uh, messages. It seems to have really been a blessing to many of you, touch specific areas in your lives. I certainly have been blessed, you know, both in the preparation and the delivery, Tanya as well. And I think it came at the right time for the season that you're living in in this world. So, as I said, part six, are you ready? Ready for what? And before I answer the what, let's have a, another quick review of this series because it's the last one and I want to kind of tie some things together here. Before the pandemic, we were already living in a crazy world, right? Things were going south and things are going crazy and we were rushed, we were stressed and then boom, here comes the pandemic and just total chaos, not just in one nation, across the world. And everybody got rattled. The pandemic threw us into a whole new level of chaos. The pandemic, political turmoil all over the world, financial trouble, wars, as well as floods, fires, earthquakes, pestilence, at a rate never seen before. It's like I mentioned earlier, you know, the things that Jesus said would happen in the end times, these things, you know, crazy weather and, and wars and, and pestilence and... and, and, and these things have always been there. But it was like, it's a war over there. Oh, and then there's an earthquake over there. A little bit later, there's a fire somewhere else. And, and then you hear that the distant land, they're having a pestilence. Oh, and there's a war happening there again. It was like, a, you know, you, you had time to breathe in between. Now, it's all happening simultaneously, all at once, at a rate never seen before. And we need to take note of that. And that is why so many people have been thrown into a level of stress which they cannot cope. And now that the, the pandemic is so called over, it's not over, but we think it's over, you know, um, people want to go back to normal again. They're running around to enjoy themselves and have fun. They want normal to come back. There is no doubt that we have entered a period which Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 to 13. Let's go there quickly. Matthew 24, verses 4 to 13. Jesus said the following, watch out that no one deceives you. Listen, if there is a time which is easy to be deceived, that time is now. There are so many conspiracy theories doing their rounds. And of course, all of you, all of us have these little things here, you know, which are throwing stuff at us all the time. 
a thousand opinions. And always there's something sinister going on. And we are so open to all this nonsense. We can be so easily deceived. People speaking the name of God in the name of Jesus and, 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 and talking rubbish in social media. We have to be very careful. Jesus said, watch out that no one deceives you. That word deceives in the Greek means to, 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 to roam away from the truth. You see, it's not just to suddenly, it's to gradually turn away from the truth. It's to be led into error, to fall away from the truth. Because Jesus said, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Come on, we are living in a time where there is so much false religion out there. False teachings, many claiming to be the incarnation of Christ. I know of a number of these dudes. And just last week, I heard about another guy. He claims now that we are a, an alien project. The aliens put us here. And he's the guy with the revelation. And he's the incarnation of Jesus, Muhammad, Allah, and all the other gods. And he's got something like 120,000 120, yeah, 120, people all over the world in just a matter of a couple of years following him and committed to this religion be careful jesus said be careful he says you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you're not alarmed such things must happen what happened yesterday don't be alarmed such things must happen but he says but the end is still to come the war in ukraine the war in israel right now see to it that you are not alarmed be aware, of course. Be awake, okay? Take note. Observe what's going on. Try and put things in perspective. Pray for the peace in those countries. Pray for the innocent victims. Because in a war, it's always the innocent that suffer. Some mighty dude wants to take over that nation. And you think it's soldiers fighting soldiers? No. Innocent people are dying, man. Women, children. Families. So pray. Since Israel has been attacked by Hamas terrorists, we need to pray for Israel. Pray for Israel does not mean that we agree with everything they do. Okay? Let's understand this. It's not a, it's not a political issue. It's a right and wrong issue. And there's something else which we'll talk about later because later on we are going to pray for, for Israel. And of course, right now, Israel is a divided nation. In fact, some, some Christian workers in Israel are, are observing this. Israel is a divided nation, politically, religiously. And that's why we need to pray for the Jews, to come back to Jesus. They remain God's people. And God is going to deal with them. He is busy dealing with them. Many Jews have turned to Jesus. But many have turned, backs, back, they turned their backs on God. And so we need to be aware of that and pray for them. Amen. So these things that are happening today are prophesied. And these, Ukraine, and, and are not only wars going on. There's wars going on all over the place. Conflict all over the place. People being killed all over the place. Conflicts. You know, different tribes, different nations fighting with each other. India, Middle East. It's happening all over the place. South America. Seven. Nation will rise against nation. You see, it's ethnic group rising against ethnic group. Kingdom against kingdom. It's happening. 
There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. It's happening. All these are the beginning of birth pains. All these things, all these. You say, God, is it enough? No, this is just the beginning of birth pains. Birth pangs, Jesus said. And just like in, in before childbirth, painful contractions, they increase in frequency. And it's not pleasant. It's painful. It's ah, ah. But what is happening? New life is about to break forth. Yeah, you guys are laughing. You guys have no idea what it's all about. You know? But the women don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But has, if his husband, if you've been close to your wife, you know what it is as well. All right. But the fact is, all that pain, all that con- those contractions which increase in frequency is heralding the beginning of something new. Well, all this craziness going on in the world is because something new is about to break forth on this planet. Verse 9, then you will be handed over, uh, over to be persecuted. It's happening. And put to death. Happening. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. Now, this prophecy has been taking place from, from the first century. History records the persecution of believers. But today, today, more believers are persecuted or die for their faith more than ever before. You think the, the persecutions of Nero and, and historical things? No, more Christians are dying today in the last 10 years than all those previous centuries put together before. It's crazy. People dying for their faith, for their faith in Jesus. We are, we are privileged in South Africa. We don't suffer that. We can come here. We can sing loud. Praise God. We can go to church. And, but many of our brothers and sisters cannot. There are countries, they get shot if they do what you're doing today. They have to gather quietly, sometimes in the bush, Sometimes in the building, but very quietly. They cannot let out that they are worshiping Jesus. Otherwise, it's happening. These prophecies are happening today. Verse 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. It's happening. And will betray and hate each other. It's happening. And there, and many false prophets would appear and deceive many people. Again, it's happening. Because of the increase of wickedness, of lawlessness, and come on, you see it all over the world. Nations which you thought were well-behaved nations, there's lawlessness there today. Because of the increase in wickedness, of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. There will be a falling away, the falling away which Paul speaks about later. And it's happening. And, and Paul spoke about this concerning the return of Christ. He said, let no one deceive you, again, let no one deceive you, by any means for That day, the day of the return of Jesus, that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. It picks up on what Jesus said. And it's before Jesus returns, there will be a falling away. Many Christians are going to turn their backs on the gospel, turn their backs on Jesus, turn their backs on the church. They're going to fall away. It's happening. It's happening. Sad reality. Happening. Almost every month we hear of a well-known pastor, a popular worship leader or teacher. Suddenly they have fallen away from the gospel. They're not Christians anymore. They've deconstructed Christianity. <laughs> They've changed their minds. And of course, 
They make, they make a big splash of it on social media and the world embraces and, and welcomes them and encourages them with gladness and congratulates them on, on being real and discovering their true selves. The truth is, our true self is wicked and separated from God. The Bible says there is no righteous, no not one. That's how we need a savior. These people say, ah, oh, I've got this tendency. I've got that tendency. I was born this way. Amen. You're right. You were born that way. You were born a sinner, man. Just like me. And just like me, you need Jesus. I've had to, so to sort some things in my life, to align my life to the word of God. Because I fall short. I've got my short. What is your short? <laughs> we need to align it. With the word of God. And so we are living today. We are living every single thing that Jesus said. We are living in an end time prophetic period. The Bible indicates that you should watch out for a few things as you approach the end. To discern the end times. We must look for natural disasters, crazy weather, earthquakes and all this kind of stuff. It's happening. Political instability including wars. It's happening all over the world. Lawlessness. Wrong is right and right is wrong. It's happening all over the world, including our beloved South Africa. Huh? We must look at Israel. You see? Look what's happening there. The world is turning, slowly but surely, turning their backs on Israel. Because eventually the whole world is going to turn against Israel. It's prophesied. And you watch the, what's happening yesterday? Watch the news. Some paluk is going to say, oh, it's Israel's fault because of the way they've been treating the Palestinians. They're going to get the blame for Hamas's terrorists' acts. Watch. And of course, the church. The church. Little what's happening. Look what's happening in the church in the world today. And there are two things you're watching out in the church. Number one is the falling away. Like never before. Publicly, people are just falling away and proud of it. But on the other hand, there is revival as well. These two things are happening simultaneously these days. There is an awakening on one side and a falling away on the other. And it's interesting that in countries where the gospel is persecuted, the church is thriving. In China, it's growing by leaps and bounds. In India, it's growing. In many countries in North Africa, the church is growing. Persecuted, but growing. A, a pastor from the United States went to teach in one of these closed countries. And, uh, you know, pastors took basically a whole day to get into to cram into the slow room. They would come one by one or two by two not to draw attention. And they spent a whole day in, in the Word and so forth. And then in the end of the program, as the people were leaving, one pastor came to this American guy and said, oh, please pray for us. We, we want to be like you in America. We want to be like the church in America, you know, free to worship and so forth. He looked at this guy and says, no, you don't want to be like the church in America. In America, we've got all the freedom we want, but the church is cold. The church is dying. The church hasn't got the fire and the zeal that you guys have here. No, you don't want to be like the church in America. Ouch. And I can say that for the church in the Western world, can't I? Hmm? 
And so it's happening now. All these things we're talking about, they are happening now. There is a convergence of signs taking place today at a speed and intensity never seen before. But it says in verse 13, but the one who stands firm, the one who's resilient to the end will be saved. Like never before today, we have to be resilient. We need resilience. What is resilience? Resilience is the inner strength to endure and push through hardship. It is physical, emotional, and mental toughness. It is spiritual grit, spiritual grit. The ability to hang in there, to hold on, to bounce back. And we, we read about Paul. He had all these qualities. No matter how much was persecuted, beaten, kinked, kicked, even taken for dead, he bounced back. And we need that spiritual grit these days. And that comes from our union with Jesus. The more we discover this, the more we discover a resilience we didn't know we had. The closer we are to God, the more we discover this resilience in us. Amen? Jesus said in, in Luke 21, 36, But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength. And that word strength is a strength that prevails. Amen? It's a strength that prevails. That's what that Greek word means. A, a strength that prevails to escape all these things that are going to take place. And so we are able to get through these things, these, these birth pains that's happening in the world. We must not be crushed by them. Many people are being crushed by what's happening in the world. Many people are losing it. Many people are hopeless. Many people are even committing suicide because they've got no future, no hope when they see what's going on. We have hope. Amen? No, normal is not coming back, but Jesus is coming back. And so we do have hope, and we need this resilience, this spiritual grit, to be able to bounce back and to move on. Jesus said you must pray to be strong. And it comes by practicing daily loving union and communion with Jesus. We suggested that Paul's app, you know, Dio mentioned that as well just now, that 30 days to resilience. It's a devotional app that helps us to grow in resilience. If you haven't done so, you're, you're the particulars. They're also on your way out of there. You guys watching online, you've got it on your screen. If you haven't done so, just make a note of that and, and start this app. Those of you who started on the 11th of September with us, today you are on day 28. And on Tuesday will be your last day, your 30 days. I trust you have been enjoying it. Many people have given me feedback as well, how it's blessing them, helping them to relax and to focus and to, to abide by, by the word of God. And so we need, you know, don't put it off spending time with Jesus. And when you finish the cycle, do it again. I, I'm on my second time around. I might even do it the third time. But even when you're done with that app, find other ways of every day spending time with Jesus. You know, just handing over your burdens to him. Everything and everyone. Taking time to worship. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spend time with him. Listen to the word. Let it encourage you. Don't put off. Amen? In this series, we learned that resilience is reliance. And you need to rely on the Lord and give our burdens to him. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. We learn about benevolent detachment, which is releasing in prayer whatever is burdening us into the hands of God. And that's because we are, we are, we are ignoring. All, no, no, we are, we are not ignoring. We are not being you know, careless about it. No, it's, it's, it's a loving release. It's an act of trust. It's giving everyone and everything to God. Learning to detach ourselves from our worries and leave it in the Lord's hands and receive instead his peace and his strength. We need to continue practicing this. 
we need to discern the important from the urgent. Everybody is running around chasing the urgent. I've got to get it. I've got to do this. Oh, I've got a deadline. You know, the important things in life don't scream at you. When you start detaching yourself and maybe ignoring your wife, your husband, your children, God, the church, these things don't scream at you, at least not initially. They are important, but they are not urgent, and so it's easy to ignore them. But listen, if the important becomes urgent, you may find yourself in serious trouble. Sometimes it is too late to take care of the important. And I've seen this in the counseling room. Some guy rushing to me with his wife. Please, Pastor, help me. She wants to leave you. Why does she want to leave you? Oh, I was too busy and I was this and I was playing golf and I was doing this and I was working overtime. You see, he ignored the important until the important became urgent. And sometimes there is nothing we can do about it. Hello? You guys watching, you're still there. Come on. We learned that we have, we all have unconverted areas in our lives. Salvation is a process, not an event. Sanctification is the process of progressively aligning the unconverted areas of our life to God's will. We give our life to Jesus, praise God, and we, we, we come to know Him and He saves us, He makes a, a child of God and He connects us with God. But that's not the end of the process, that's the beginning of the process. Then comes sanctification, which is a lifelong process where we slowly but surely adjust our thoughts, our actions, our habits, our lives, our choices to the will of God. Last week we received a prescription which will ensure that our spirit and our soul remain strong. Remember? Take care of your spirit. Read God's word. Pray. Worship. Take care of your soul. Play. Have fun. Be grateful. Reduce screen time. Get active. Make sure that going forward, after today, you keep incorporating these practices in your life. The series ends today, but do not stop doing the things which will keep you resilient. These practices will keep you resilient. And if you missed any of these messages, please go to our website. Amen? Go to our website, under sermons there, and go and catch up. You can listen to it. You can watch it. Um, and so you, we, we've got other means as well. You'll find everything on our website. You can go and hear, hear it on Spotify as well. You know, Catch up. Make sure you understand these principles that have been shared. But the question today is, are you ready? Jesus said we had to be ready. Ready for what? Well, let's read what Jesus said. Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. And Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, who is Jesus talking to over here? He's talking to the church. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the groom, the church is the bride. He's talking about a wedding over here. And he's talking to us. So this parable, Jesus is looking forward 
okay, towards those end times, and he's giving us some instructions over here. Amen? So, he says, now, the wedding setting is an illustration, okay, of real spiritual truth. Verse 2, now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now, the point of the story here, I want to make clear about this, is to show that some believers are wise and some are foolish. What I'm saying is that some of you are wise and some of you are foolish. In fact, it says five were wise and five were foolish. So half of you are foolish and half of you are wise. No, 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 no. Listen, the only, the only thing this parable is conveying to us, listen, the truth that he's bringing to us is beware. Some people are foolish, some people are wise. Don't you use the 5-5 five, five as an as exact indication that half the Christians are foolish and half the Christians are wise. Half the Christians are going to make it to the rapture and half are not going to... No, no, no don't talk, that, that's rubbish, okay? It's just an illustration. The point of the parable is be wise, don't be foolish. Amen? We can all be wise. I trust you all. You watching. You are here. You listening. My praise that all of us will be wise. Wise members of the church of Jesus. Wise virgins. Why virgins? Because virgins are pure. We have been made pure by the blood of Jesus, which you're celebrating today in communion. I don't care where you come from. Because of what Jesus has done in, in the cross for us, before God, we are all pure. We are members of his church. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They used to have, you know, you, you think of the little lamps, but actually in weddings it was more like a stick with a kind of a rolled up material on top. Sometimes it had a place inside for oil and they would light up. And this would, would really, you know, light up the way, the, the road as they walked to the venue. Uh, over there, they would put it on, on places along the wall to light up the place. It was a popular way. And so normally you have the torch, but I mean, this torch burns. And so you'd carry some extra oil to now and then pour more oil, you know, and, and kind of clean the, the, the cloth, take the burnt part out and so forth and keep that thing, that torch burning, that plant burning. But it says that the, the foolish took no, no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And so that was a custom in those days for a, for a groom. You know, you, you would get betrothed and kind of engaged to his bride and go off and, and, and prepare his, his house. And nobody knew how long it could take. Sometimes it could take a whole year. And then it would be finished and be an announcement. He, he's ready. He's coming. But that doesn't mean he's coming right now. He's coming anytime now. And so the people would all get ready for the, for the arrival of the groom. But then they had to wait because there was no specific time. And they would have to wait. And sometimes in their waiting, people would fall asleep. Okay, which is what happened to all 10 of them, the wise ones and the foolish ones. The bride was taking so long that they all began to get a little bit sleepy. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. And the first century Christians thought he was going to come back in their lifetime, but he didn't. And so the second century Christian said, it's going to be us. He's coming back for us, but he didn't. The third century Christian said, it must be us. He's going to get back. 2,000 years later, uh, is he ever going to come back? Has he forgotten about us? Uh, and so many Christians are sleeping. 
to a large extent, the church of Jesus is sleeping. But then there was a shout. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Huh? The bridegroom was delayed. They, they, they slumbered. I mentioned earlier that one son of his return is the church. And look at the church around the world. You find the church divided along political lines, racial lines, infighting denominations. Look at the way Christians behave and talk on social media. If you didn't know them personally, you'd never guess that they are Christians. Huh? Is this representation of a church alive unto God? You find whole denominations, Christian denominations, turning their backs on certain parts of the Bible as being outdated and they're doing their own thing. You hear of church, of, of, of the church wanting to embrace other religions and pray together with them as one. In other words, meaning that Christians must get together and pray together with Muslims and Hindus and, and, and Jews because we all serve the same God anyway. So let's all get together and sing Kumbaya and praise the Lord. Christians, church is doing this. A church that is awake cannot do this, guys. The church wants to accept homosexuality and lesbianism as natural and normal and ordain them as pastors and priests. Some churches never preach about sin not to offend visitors. And of course, some churches never preach about hell and about these prophecies and about end times not to make people scared. Some churches are more concerned about their production than their message. But actually, spiritually, they are sleeping. As we heard last week, nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. You cannot pick and choose what parts you like about the Bible and kind of ignore what you don't like and say it's outdated. The Bible remains true. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall remain forever. The virgins were asleep. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Get out to me. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their, their lamps. At the darkest hour, a cry was heard. And it is often in the darkest hour of our lives that we turn our attention to God. If we knew something about God before that hour. And right now, we are in a dark hour in this world. Probably the darkest hour of this world the word of god cries out the bridegroom is coming jesus is coming the signs of the times cry out the bridegroom is coming many preachers who know the word of god are crying out the bridegroom is coming i'm declaring to you the bridegroom is coming are you ready do you have fresh oil is your spirit alive unto God? Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, a symbol of the presence of God in your life. You need the Holy Spirit in your life, like a car needs petrol in the tank to run. And like a lamp needs electricity to glow. Huh? The lamp speaks of the word of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Some people might know a little bit about the Bible. They've got the Spirit of God inside them that makes that Word alive. The Word without the Spirit is dead. We need the Word and the Spirit. 
be alive unto God. You need fresh oil to carry your light in these last days. Verse 8, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Listen, each one of us, each one of you, each one of us needs our own oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives cannot be shared. You see, I, we cannot share the intimacy that we have with the Holy Spirit. What I have with the Holy Spirit, my relationship with Jesus, I cannot divide that with you, and you cannot divide what you have with God with me. Now, we can pray for another. We can encourage one another. I, I can teach you a couple of things like we've been doing this series, you know, teaching skills and, 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 and practices that we can do to have more of the presence of God in our lives. That we can do. But I cannot do it for you, and you cannot do it for me. I have to get my own fresh oil. And you have to get your own fresh oil every single day. You leave a plate of oil from one day to the next, the next you go back there, it's rotten, man. It's got flies and oh, you can't use that oil. You need fresh oil. I need fresh oil. In other words, I need that intimacy with Jesus every day. Each one of us is responsible for putting into practice the prescription we received last week. Amen? So that we can have fresh oil. Verse 10. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Ouch. Watch the four. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Quick pause here. Some people will tell you, Oh, Jesus is coming on the 24th of October of 1920 foot sack. And they know the date. They've done it in the past. It was back in 18-something, then in 19-something, then in 70-something, then in 80-something. Then yes, There's always some guy, I've worked out the date that Jesus is coming. <laughs> Nonsense. What did Jesus say? Nobody knows the day. Nor the day. Now, he did say, you'll know the season. Remember the other day talking about the fig tree? When the fig tree starts, you know, sprouting, you know somebody's near. When you see all this nonsense happening in the world, you know the coming is near. But you don't know the day nor the hour. And so some people say, ah, let's just relax. Nah, 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 nah. And some people are trying to guess the day and the hour. Nobody knows the day or the hour. But here's the thing. It's a sad ending to this story. Some will not be ready for the coming of the Lord. Some will stay behind. They knew the word, but they were never doers of the words. They had no intimacy with Jesus. They had no oil in their lamps. What about you? Are you ready today? If Jesus comes today, are you ready? As I close this message, I'm going to ask the ushers, please, to distribute the cups, the communion cups. We're going to share communion presently. Now listen. You cannot fight today's battles <laughs> with yesterday's oil. Amen? You're going to go and cook today's meal with yesterday's used oil. Yeah, it's going to taste funny. You need fresh oil. 
every day. You cannot live off someone else's spirituality. If it was, you know, too late for some of those, thank you so much. It was too late for the foolish five. But it's not too late for us. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for me. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that helps us, that keeps us walking straight in a crooked world. In a world which is slowly but surely fighting everything which is biblical. A world which is going against the moral standards of the Bible. Which is going against the biblical principles of life. A world which is condoning lawlessness and chaos. To live straight in a crooked world, you need fresh oil. How do you know that you need fresh oil? Let's see. If your prayer life is dull or non-existent, you need what? Fresh oil. Say it with me. Fresh oil. Okay. If you spend more time sharing memes, even Christian ones, than studying the word by yourself, you need what? Some Christians spend the whole day, oh, oh, nice, and share, share, share. Sharing little scriptures, sharing little pictures, but they never spend time in the Word. That stuff is going to tire you, it's going to drain you, it's not going to feed you. You need time with Jesus, alone with Him and the Word. Remember those unconverted areas we spoke about a couple of Sundays ago? Remember? Habits, thought patterns, language which is not aligned with the character and will of God. If you have made peace, listen, if you have made peace with your unconverted area, you need fresh oil. It is so easy, oh, God is so merciful. He knows my weakness. He'll forgive me. It's easier to get forgiveness than permission. I know even I use that sometimes, but then the Lord sorts me out anyway. We need to realign our lives. If you have time for every invitation to a social gathering, but no time to go to your church regularly, you need fresh oil. If you are too busy to spend time with your wife, your husband, and your children, you need fresh oil. Because your priorities are screwed up. You need fresh oil to align that thing. If you spend more time on TV games or binge-watching series and have no time for your daily devotions, man, you definitely need fresh oil. Am I speaking to anyone here? Anyone there? Anyone listening? And let's face it, guys. We all go through these dips sometimes. I'm not a gamer, but I enjoy sometimes binge-watching a series. And sometimes it's so much easier, isn't it, to watch a series and switch that thing off and open your Bible or open your devotional and, and stop and pause for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Why is it that 10 minutes with your Bible seems so long, but one hour with a series goes by so quickly? 
we need fresh oil. So remember, normal is not coming back. Jesus is. So the question is, are you ready? As we take communion today, how about praying for fresh oil over your life? Remember that Jesus died for us. He died, he went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit. But so often we ignore the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is gentle. He's not on your face. He's not shouting at you. He's not urgent. He is gentle. And it is so easy just to ignore him because the world is in your face. Now, 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 now. How about as we pause now to take communion? Say, Holy Spirit, please, come and give me fresh oil. Fill my heart. Fill my soul. Fill me with your anointing, with your presence. I need your Holy Spirit. I need fresh oil. Confess it to him. In this area, in that area, my God, I need fresh oil. So as we prepare our hearts, let's get our, our, our bread out. Get the bread ready. And so as we, as we prepare to take the bread, spend right now a moment in prayer and say, Lord, fill me with fresh oil. Right now, close your eyes. Where you are watching, where you are listening, as you hold that bread, Lord, fill me with fresh oil. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing the cares of this world to cause me to slumber. Fill me afresh today with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. And before we take the bread, if you have a physical ailment, let us trust the Lord right now to touch you with his healing and restoration power right now. We've got two people in hospital, our sister Precious, Joel's wife, she gave birth to a beautiful daughter two weeks ago, but she's been struggling. She's in hospital right now. And young Tristan as well, J.D.'s older son. And they need the doctors to find out what is wrong with them. And we pray for breakthrough, for successful twin, but above all for God's presence. And so, Lord, we thank you for this bread, Lord. And as we come to you today, Lord, we thank you for fresh oil upon our hearts. We need fresh oil, Lord God. You also come trusting you, Lord God, for healing. You took upon you, upon your body. You took our sicknesses, our diseases, Lord. Your body was broken that we may be whole. We pray specifically for our sister Precious, for young Tristan. My God, won't you give those doctors wisdom? But above all, won't you invade those rooms with your Holy Spirit, Lord, with fresh oil upon their bodies, my God, bringing healing and restoration, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this bread, reminding us of your body broken for us. We receive it now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Take and eat. Let's get our cups ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus was so committed to us that he gave his life for us. 
So as we drink this cup now, how about declaring our commitment to him? A commitment to stay resilient in these times. Our commitment that we're not going to allow the craziness of this world to cause us to fall away. Amen. Our commitment to stay resilient, to remain with fresh oil, to have fresh oil, to continue with our devotions. Amen. To continue every day to worship him, to say, I love you, Jesus, to give everyone and everything to Jesus, to get in the word and to be strengthened, to be obedient to Jesus. That's another way of getting fresh oil. Be obedient to what God is telling you. Maybe you have not been baptized in water yet after believing. How about getting baptized? Some people have already indicated to me they want to. If you'd like to do that, come and speak to me. And we can do that soon. So, Lord Jesus, this cup reminds us of your blood, precious blood, Lord, shed so that we could be virgins before God today, Lord. We could be completely cleaned. We could stand before God as if we had never sinned because of your blood, because of your commitment to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful gift you've given us. And our commitment to you, Lord, is to continue being committed to you, being resilient, worshiping you, loving you, deepening our relationship with you, my God. I, we thank you for this, Lord, and we receive this cup with gratitude. And with a sincere desire to be committed to you as you are committed to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Take and drink. My God. Hallelujah. And, and before we close, let's have a word of prayer for Israel. You say, but why pray for Israel? You see, God gave that land to Israel. It's not a political thing. That war against Israel is not political. It's not about the land. It's not even about the mosque or the churches. It's a spiritual war. You see, Israel and Jerusalem in particular, particular is going to be the seat of world government when Jesus comes. Before Jesus comes, it's also going to be the seat of the Antichrist, of the one world government, which the Antichrist is going to direct. And so there is, it is a strategic place, and the devil wants to destroy Israel. From the beginning, this goes back to the Old Testament. How many times have people tried to destroy Israel? And God always intervenes. God always raises someone up to intervene. But the battle continues. It will continue until Jesus comes. The final battle will be when the world physically turns against Israel. And the nations of the north come down to invade Israel. And Jesus himself will intervene and settle and set up his kingdom on earth for a thousand years. And so we need to pray for Israel. But not just for Israel as a nation. Let's pray for Israel as a people. Like I said, many Jews... Have turned their backs on God. They are Jews as a nation. They've got a national pride, not a religious faith. There's strife amongst them. So let's pray. And during this war, let's pray for the Arabs as well. Listen, there are Christians amongst the Arabs. 
There are Christians amongst the Jews, many Jews. There are ministries, they're working with the Jews, and there are ministries working with the Arabs, bringing them to Jesus, and many are coming to Jesus. So let's pray for the church, both in the Arab world and in Israel, that the church at this time will be strong, will be a strong voice, bringing people hope and bringing people to Jesus, the true Lord. Amen? And so, Lord, we lift up Israel, that whole situation before your throne of grace. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the peace of Israel. We pray against the forces of darkness, my God, trying to destroy your people because they remain your people and you will be the one to deal with them. No Arab and no other nation in the world is going to deal with the Jews. You will deal with your own people, my God. And so we, we lift them up before you, Lord God. We pray for a quick ending to this war. We pray for compassion, for your mercy, Lord God, upon those victims, the innocent people. We pray for healing, for restoration, for comfort in all those families, my God, that have lost loved ones on both sides. We pray that your church will rise up strong at this time, my God, and be an influence amongst those communities and bring the word of peace, the word of Jesus, the word of hope, the word of salvation, that both Muslims and Jews will find Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, my God, and come to you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for this time together, my God. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us as we continue growing deeper and deeper in intimacy with Jesus as we keep on receiving daily fresh oil so that we can be ready for the coming of Jesus. And all those who agreed said... Amen and amen. Remember Friday, Youth Fest, right here at 7 p.m. Amen. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. God bless you.